0: Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. So, hi friends. While we are busy behind the scenes getting all new episodes ready for you, today we are replaying a listener's favorite episode from my What to Say When You Hear Something Racist series. So in this episode, I share a simple framework, my three P's framework for responding to racism. And I demonstrate how I put it into action while antiquing, because unfortunately, racism is everywhere. So the concepts and tools referenced in this episode appear throughout this series. So this episode is a great starting point. And if you haven't already gotten your free series listening guide, then go to the show notes and you can get that. It provides the guidance that you need to turn this series into a guided learning experience. So I hope you'll take advantage of that bonus to this episode. All right, enjoy. Enjoy. All right, folks, welcome back to our special series, What to Say When You Hear Something Racist. I want to remind you all that this is not just for educators. Just as so much of the content I create is relevant to anyone, I want to ask you to share this with folks that might be interested in it. So in this episode, I'm going to give you an overview of my framework that I call the three Ps, which is a framework to guide you to make decisions about what to say when you hear something racist. I'm giving you what I think of as the three steps so that you can make a fairly quick decision in any situation. And it's really not that hard to figure out what to say if you have a decision-making matrix that you know and understand. So before we get into this episode, I do want to shout out a podcast supporter, Rebecca P. from Arizona. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And I also want to thank LCT10 for their lovely review of the show on Apple Podcast. This person wrote, Elena Aguilar is a brilliant thinker who brings vulnerability, identity work, and anti-racism to this incredible crossroads. Cannot recommend highly enough. Thank you so much to the person who wrote that. Leaving a review really helps us and it's a super easy and free way to support the show. All right, let's get into this episode. A couple of weeks ago, I was out of town by myself in a small touristy town on the California coast, and I wandered into an antique store and right at the entrance was a pinball machine. And the theme of the pinball machine, I don't know if you can call it the theme, was Native Americans. And it was just covered in all of these images, like the most extreme stereotypical caricatures of Native people. Like people wearing huge feather headdresses, the stoic Indian with a huge nose, Indians on horseback wielding tomahawks. And I, I just kind of stood there. I was kind of stunned. And no one else was in the store. And the woman working there came out, an older white woman, and greeted me and welcomed me into the store. And she said, oh, are you interested in this piece? It's a really special one. Everything is in working order. And she invited me to try it. And I was just standing there staring at it. And I said, actually, this is racist. And it's making me feel upset. And she gave me this startled look. And I had this sort of immediate flush of fear kind of like, what have I done? What have I said? However, what I said was very intentional and thought through because I have used the framework that I'm sharing with you today, the three Ps, many, many, many times. And so many times I have used it, it has has become internalized. So in that moment, When I was taking in this expression of racism in the form of these distorted, dehumanizing representations of Native people on the pinball machine, I was really quickly processing through the three Ps. And I came to the decision, again, really fast, almost unconsciously, that I was going to say something. And I got clear on what I wanted to say, which was simply to start with. This is racist, and it's making me feel upset. And so I said that even though I anticipated what was happening and what would happen, which was that I would feel really uncomfortable. And I also, in that moment, knew that I would be okay with my discomfort. I remembered that I could breathe through it. That I could be with the discomfort and that I could immediately recognize, oh, this is actually healthy discomfort. This discomfort, this little bit of fear, this little bit of anger and grief is actually telling me that I'm on the right track. That I'm responding to racism in a way that my future self will thank me for. I'm responding in a way that is not flight, fight, freeze, or appease. And so I, I recognized the discomfort as being something I could manage and as something that was a cue that I was actually living my values. And the discomfort is something to really just acknowledge and then continue on. Okay, so the woman... Looked at me, startled and sort of surprised, and she said, "Well, it, it, it's not. I'm I'm sorry to hear that." And she sort of stumbled over her words, and, and then she said, yeah, "But this is, you know, this there were there were Native Americans who looked like this and dressed like this." And she stumbled a bit more, and I said, "What's depicted here are stereotypes." They are dehumanizing stereotypes, and that's racist. It's upsetting. And I, again, using the 3P framework that I'm about to describe to you, I decided that I wasn't going to get into a history lecture. It wasn't necessary. I wanted to just state the problem. And I could see that she was starting to get defensive. I could see it in her facial expression. And she said, well, I'm sorry that you feel that way. And then she said, are you Native American? And I wondered if she felt like if I had said yes, then she could understand my complaint, then it would be like my identity would be a justification for what I was saying, you know, because if I was speaking on the behalf of my people, then then maybe it would be okay. But I said no, and I just left it there. And then I said, I'm just curious. I said, I'm, I really, I'm really curious. Do you carry any, do you carry any antiques or would you carry any antiques that depicted black people or Africans in the stereotypical ways that were created in the past? Like those that had bulging white eyeballs and huge red lips, do you carry any of those? because of course unfortunately there are plenty of things called antiques with those kinds of grotesque depictions and she looked at me horrified and she said no no we wouldn't do that and i said why not and she said well those are offensive and i said this is offensive what's on this pinball machine are these are dehumanizing stereotypes They're inaccurate stereotypes. They distort the way that people now think about native people who do still exist. They have not been eradicated. And this is dehumanizing. And she looked at me and she looked at the pinball machine and I sort of saw this like storm of emotions pass across her face. I saw more defensiveness and then I saw anger And I had a moment then of feeling, actually feeling a little afraid, because I was like, I'm not a white woman. And here I am in this really white, wealthy little town. And I just had this moment of fear as I sort of recalled my own identity. And then I saw confusion pass across her face. And really, all of this happened in a second or something like that. And then she said, I see your point. And I could tell, I could hear in her voice, I could see on her face that she really actually was hearing me and not just saying that to appease me. And she licked the pinball machine again. And she said, okay, I see what you're talking about. And she said, but you know, what can I do about it? It's here. It's in our store. So I said, are you the owner She said, no, I work here. And I said, well, you could tell the owner that you had a customer or really a potential customer who came in and was offended and left and who did not purchase anything because she was offended. And the woman said, but it's inventory. You know, we need to sell it. And I said, no, you don't. You don't need to sell it. And I said, does the livelihood of the owner and the success of this store depend on you selling this? And she said, no. And I said, and let me just reiterate what I just said, which was, I might actually have been a customer. I might have bought something, but I'm not going to buy something from a store that displays racist images And that is attempting to profit off of racism. And she looked at me again and we were both wearing masks, right? Because there's a pandemic going on. And so I was even limited in what I could see of her facial expressions, but I could say her eyes got really big. And she said, I see your point. And then I said, I'm curious whether you will talk to the owner whether you will say anything. And she looked at me and she said, I'm going to think about it. She said, I don't want to just say yes, so that you'll be happy or satisfied. I'm going to think about it. This has given me a lot to think about. And I said, thank you. I'm glad to know that. Have a good afternoon. And I turned around and walked out. And I walked out of the store and, you know, immediately I started going over everything, replaying everything and wondering, did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Did I say the wrong thing? Should I have said something different? Should I have not said anything at all? You know, sort of like, why? I had just been in this little town. I wanted to browse in these stores. Like, why do I have to always go in and say things? Why can't I just? And then I felt really quickly this deep sense of gratitude towards myself. Because yes, I did need to say something. And having said something, I feel aligned with my true self, with who I want to be, with my core values, with the way I want to be in the world. And that awareness in that moment was such a relief. But I felt a little Flushed with emotion, and I sat down on this bench and just kind of like sat there and took it all in, because also we need to take in those moments when we recognize I have just lived my core values. I lived who I want to be, because there's so many times when we don't, right? There's so many times when we haven't. Times when the moment just felt too difficult, or I thought like I wasn't ready, or I couldn't couldn't figure out what to say. It felt awkward. Felt like I couldn't manage the amount of discomfort if I had said something about what I was witnessing. So, this was a moment when I did say something. And when you show up in the world in the way you want to show up, you've got to recognize that and take it in. So, I sat down on this bench under this beautiful cypress tree, and I also recorded a voice memo describing what had happened and how I felt so that I could remember it because I knew that the details would quickly fade and I wanted to be able to share this story with you and so I could process it all. And so today I am going to now finally reveal the framework that I've created that I call the three Ps that I've used for a while to figure out what to say when I hear something racist. And as I said in the beginning, this is a skill set. And it's going to take some time to use it and practice it and internalizing it to the point where you can step into it and use it with conscious competence. So let me actually explain what I mean by that, because the framework of the conscious competence ladder is a really useful one to know and to remember here when you're trying to do something that might feel really hard. So this framework describes four developmental stages involved in the process of progressing from incompetence to competence. And the first level is unconscious incompetence. And this is when you're not even aware of what you don't know how to do. You don't know what you don't know. The next level Is conscious incompetence, where you realize, oh, this is what I want to do, and I don't know how to do it. The third rung of the ladder, the third level, is conscious competence, where you're starting to be able to do something and you know how to do it, but it still takes a lot of effort, it still feels hard. And then there's unconscious competence where you're able to do something without even thinking about it. The skill becomes second nature. So I would say right now for me, in terms of what to say when I hear something racist, I'm in between conscious competence and conscious incompetence. Sometimes it still feels hard. It feels like it takes some effort. And then there's times when I feel like I can just say something without having to think about it too hard. So I'm... Bringing this up, I'm referencing this this framework because it's a useful way to reflect on where you're at right now so that you can build confidence in your ability to grow the skill set that I'm trying to teach you in this podcast series. What to say when you hear something racist is a skill set that you can learn. And I want to emphasize again that you do need practice. You have to practice. You literally have to say the words and experience the correlating emotions. And you have to live through the discomfort of saying something about racism many, many times. And this is neuroscience. You know, it's your brain has to create these new learning pathways, new patterns, so that you can more effortlessly travel down those. So practice. You've got to find some way to practice. This is why in all of the workshops that I do, I incorporate opportunities for practice. Okay, let me tell you the three P's. Enough suspense already. The three P's in this framework are purpose, power, and possibility. Purpose, power, and possibility, which represent criteria that you can think through so that you can make a decision about what to say. So in the next three episodes, I'm going to be going more deeply into each one of these. And today, this is just a quick overview. So let me give you a little bit more about each one, starting with purpose. In the first step, when you consider purpose, you think about what you hope to do by saying something. What is the goal or the outcome that you're after? What are your intentions behind saying something about the racism you're witnessing? And in the next episode, which is going to come out on Wednesday, I'm going to describe the five reasons that might be behind your purpose in saying something. So for each of these components of this framework, there are additional ways for you to break down your decision making. All right. The second P is power. And at this step, you consider the power dynamics between you and the other person or the other people involved in the situation. And there are three levels of power to consider where power is held equally, where you have more power and where the other person or other people have more power. And so that is something else we're going to dig into in another episode because there's a lot to unpack here. How do you navigate power when you want to speak up and say something about the racism that you're witnessing? The third P is possibility. And this is where you ask yourself, what is possible in this situation? Given where you are like literally in that moment physically where you're at, Are you in the hallway of school? Are you you in a store? Are you at a family dinner? At this step, you consider where you are at emotionally and your capacity to respond in the moment. You consider where the other person is at emotionally. You think about the relationship. So you reflect on all of these elements and then you determine what is possible in that moment in terms of how you can respond to the racism that you're witnessing. Now, I want to say something really key, which is when you see or hear something racist, you might respond in the moment or you might respond at a later time. And this is something that we'll continue unpacking where we in the episode where we dig into possibility So now that I've given you a super quick overview of the three P's, I wanna tell you about how I use these in that moment in the store. So in that moment, my purpose or my hope with the woman in the store was to do two things, to be in integrity with myself and to interrupt her thinking, to confront the action that was being taken by having that item in the store for sale. So, as I just said, there are five reasons why we might say something, and I'll get into those in the next episode. When I thought about the second P, power, I recognized that we had equal power. Or perhaps even that because I was a consumer, a customer, I might have had a little more power. When we consider power, that allows us to think about the threat. And to really examine the real versus the imagined threat. So there was no danger here to me. There was no fear of like, what could happen to me if I say something? Which is often what holds us back. There was no danger. Then I considered the third P, possibility. And first I noted the place and the time we were alone in the store. And there was time to have a short conversation. These are optimal conditions. I was feeling calm and clear. I knew I could manage the emotions that were, would arise. And I recognized that I needed to say something then and there. This wasn't a situation in which I was going to come back later and say, let's talk about this. So when I considered possibility, I also recognized that it was possible that I could say something simple and straightforward so I could be in integrity with myself and also so that I could interrupt what was happening and that there was the possibility of a positive outcome. So after you've learned about the three P's and practiced using them, then like any framework, you'll be able to cycle through them quickly when you witness racism. You can ask yourself about your purpose, about the presence of power, and about possibility And this reflection will guide you to what you can say. Every situation is different and every situation shares some commonalities with others, which is why a framework can be helpful. So here's what I want you to know above all. You can develop the skills to respond to racism to say something when you hear or see racism, it is possible. And I know you want to say something. I know you have the will and I know you need some skills. When we witness racism, it can feel overwhelming. Like what's the right thing to say? What about the risks? Is it, but it's not actually as complicated as it sometimes seems. So, I want to take you back to the anecdote that I shared in this episode and repeat what I said to the woman in the store. I said, This is racist and it's upsetting. And I said, This is dehumanizing. And I asked her if she was going to do anything. It can be simple. Okay, so there is so much more for me to share with you on how to have these conversations. And I can't wait for you to hear the next episodes where I'm gonna provide a lot more guidance around how to think through purpose, power, and possibility so that you can figure out what to say. So if you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and share it with a friend or a colleague? I'd be really grateful. All right, friends, that is it for this episode. I want to thank Leslie Bickford, who is the producer of this podcast, and Stacy Goodman, who does the sound engineering. Remember, I'll be back on Wednesday with the next episode in this series. Until then, take care.